0: It's time to go one-on-one with DP. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, here is your host, Derek Pearson. Presented by Beatrice Bakery. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: Let's bring it in on Wednesday, one-on-one here on 927 The Ticket, Ticketfm.com. The app is up and flowing, so you can jump on there. Uh, the starter hammer text line, if you want to text in, 402-464-5685. Later in the show, you can use the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Same number, you can do your thing. The live video streams are up. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and we are live on Twitter. So, you can follow in several different ways and be a part of the conversation uh, add to. Uh, you are appreciated in advance. Um, special one-on-one here. I think there's certain players that, that when you talk Nebraska basketball, that people, especially recently, they, they start to glow. And then there's a pride that, that it gets on their face when they talk about this young man. And so it was interesting to me um, that when you find out that he's, do, he's doing his camps here, um, to bring him in and have his voice be a more regular. There's zero chance that I can ask him all the questions I need to ask him in one sit-down, so I'm going to apologize in advance, but Rico, if you would, please hit this man's music. Copeland hemmed in by Stevens. Oh! oh! Lightning! Looked away. Roby very
0: active defensively. Oh! That's it! And through the foul, too. They'll be at the line for a three-point play. Uh-oh. Oh! on the three, and Roby went as high as we have seen
1: anybody go. Oscar's not done yet. Down oh, seven. A- Roby oh. to the rack with a two-hand flush. Let's bring him in, one of, the, one of Dixie's finest. Dixie High's finest. Let's bring in Isaiah Roby. Isaiah, how are you doing this morning? Thanks for doing this.
0: Hey, that was nice, man. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: There, there's so much to your story that, as I, I apologize, I just apologize to the listeners because there's zero chance that I can cover everything I want to cover with you in a in a in an interview. It's just not going to happen because there's you 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 you, are, you have such a great story and such a great mission that there's zero chance we can get it in in all this time. But I'm going to start with what I found out recently about most Husker athletes is that the story. Of sacrifice for parents from their parents to get them to where they get to mm-hmm. is consistent, and your story mm-hmm. your story falls directly in that. I'm going to ask you to talk about your mom and what she did for you to help facilitate the greatness that it is that that currently is Isaiah Roby. For sure, for sure. Let's get into it. what 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 we find out is that outside of the the, the local community, that sometimes you have to go and and get assistance and help coaching from outside of your immediate neighborhood and community. That was the case. You guys, you had to drive. How far did your mom have to drive you just to get you the work that you felt like you needed to to, to improve at basketball?
0: Yeah, so I grew up in a small town, uh, about 15,000 people, which, you know, in in Nebraska, maybe it's not as, as small of a town, but in Illinois, that's, that's pretty small. So for me, I was driving for AAU practice you know, um, I was driving about an hour fifteen both ways. So on a on a week night, you know, after my mom gets off gets off work, you know, she's working a a nine to five, and then she's got to drive me, you know, two and a half hours just for just for practice. Um, not even counting, you know, the weekends where I have to, you know, we have to get a hotel, we have to travel to the big cities around the around the country and and whatnot. So, um, you know, it, it definitely took a village. You know, I had, you know, my mom. Obviously, she worked very hard and you know picked up two jobs for for me to be able to do that at some times. And, um, you know, I had teammates who had to come and pick me up. You know, it, it, takes, it really takes a village, you know.
1: Th- through that, there has to be some accountability or some personal acceptance that if people are going to do this for you, that you have to represent that in the, in the work that you put in. How much of that for is sure. true for you?
0: For sure. I mean, yeah, I had, you know, I had friends and uh, family members who also helped, you know, we would do fundraisers and whatnot. And like you said, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you represent them now. Like without them, they wouldn't, you wouldn't be in that position. You wouldn't be able to to, to have the experiences that you have. So, you know, I kind of always carried that with me, especially, um, you know, uh, just knowing like the hard work that goes into it. You know, it's, it's, um it was a blessing for me. You know, not everybody could, could afford to play AAU. Some guys, you know, their teams are, you know, sponsored by shoe de- or shoe companies, um so you know they they don't really have to um to worry about the funding, but you know you know I played for a, a pretty local team um and so you know it was just a little different for me, but you know I was definitely blessed to be put in that position by you know everybody that you know that helped me out
1: you've talked before about that it wasn't traditional, and that your basketball story isn't the same as a lot of people that you're currently in in the vacuum with like just <clears> a different a different reality. When did you recognize that, one, you might belong in that space, and, two, that it's going to require different work for you to get there?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, um, honestly, my time at Nebraska, that's, thats I think it was my sophomore year, or either my freshman or sophomore year. I can't remember right, right up top of my head, but one of my teammates, um, Anton Gill, he was just – I forget what I did. I might have, like, did, like, a Euro step dunk and dunk with my left hand, and he was just like – that's not, you know, that's not. This isn't a normal thing that people do every day, you know. Like, and I remember just every once in a while, I would just make a play, and he would be like, "That's, you know, that's a league play that you're doing." And you know, he was somebody that I I had a lot of trust in, and a lot of um, uh, like his word meant a lot to me just because I know he's he's played against those guys that are in the league. He um, you know, he was a five-star recruit out of high school. I remember watching him before I got to Nebraska and just thinking, like, man, this dude like. Now he's a killer. Now he's telling me that you know I I I can do these things also. So you know he was kind of one of the first people to really instill that confidence in me. And then um, as you said, like you know the work always has to change. You know you always have to keep on getting better. It's I know a lot of coaches talk about getting one percent better every day, and it's you know there's a, there's a lot of truth to that because you know people can get complacent, but especially in the in the field that I'm in now as a professional baseball player, you know it's there's people coming for your job every day. So you know you always gotta just keep on striving to get better.
1: With, we're talking to Isaiah Roby, former Husker, currently with Oklahoma City Thunder, and that evolution has just been remarkable to watch. And it, it, it has to be kind of surreal for you. Yeah. Right? To go through and say, listen, kid from a small town didn't have all the, the resources that other people had. But the accumulation of good people around you is the result, right? like that that for that's sure. how you get there as a the good people. so let's talk about we've talked about Mom, and I want to go into great detail about Mom, but I also want to talk to you about high school coaches at Dixie and then Ten miles, and what happens along the way what mm-hmm. How does this happen for you?
0: Yeah, so um okay uh so yeah, I grew up in Dixon, so Dixon is a real small town, the uh, basketball program there not traditionally very good, um, and we had a coach, I had a high school coach who probably was the most probably the most important person for me in my basketball career, honestly, just because he, he was the guy who, you know, I, I came in as a freshman and I expected to be on varsity, and, you know, I wasn't quite ready for that. You know, um, like I remember I, I remember summer league um, of my freshman year, my coach, we were, we were playing really bad, we were getting blown out, which is which is normal for us that year because you know we were a fresh off team playing all varsity because you know we didn't have any older guys but I was on the bench I remember him getting on me about my body language and I was like you know my body language why does my body language matter like we're just we're, we're getting blown out what's wrong with my body language and he just things like that like he would always instill those things in me like he kind of had me training as a professional in high school like he took the game so serious and he kind of instilled that in me so he was he was definitely the most instrumental in my basketball career um that's his name is coach Mead um and you know we we have a great relationship still me and all my teammates still text him all the time and reach out and he, he watches all my games so you know it's he, he, he's been great but um yeah like you said like it's not very it's not very traditional like you know my team my high school team I'm the only guy to play college basketball off that team um uh, my AAU team there was two of us that played division one basketball so you know um I've kind of always had that underdog feeling about me and um that's kind of always been you know part of my motivation, honestly, is just proving people wrong. And, and if somebody doesn't even know who I am, then just, you know, represent myself the right way. And just, you know, I feel like there's always somebody new who's watching my game and, you know, uh, you know learning who Isaiah Roby is as a basketball player.
1: You do a ton of individual work away from the bright lights and away from, from media that helps you elevate and helps you change your place in this game. How important mm-hmm. is that, is, that, is the, the choice of who you do that work with And then how you go about doing that work.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's huge. You know, that's, um, you know, you got to learn, like I'm, I'm still learning now, you know, this is a a different type of off season than I've had all, you know, all, all throughout my professional career. You know, um, your, your rookie season is, is really long because you, you end college basketball and then you immediately start getting ready for the draft workouts. You know, um, this is my first off season where I'm no, I'm not in the city of, you know, I'm not in Oklahoma city, you know, um, you know all the all the younger guys, the rookies, and the um, second year, third year guys are back in Oklahoma City right now training as a team. And you know us older guys, um, you know the team kind of has trust in us that you know we, we're going to get our work done, we're going to stay in shape, we're going to make those strides. So you know I'm I'm back home right now. Um, so like you said, you know it's you got to continuously figure out what's best for you. You know I had to learn the hard way of of um, you know dealing with pain and, and injury because I was doing too much outside of practice my rookie year. I, I would. You know, when I was with Dallas, I would, I would practice in the morning, go to our team practice in the afternoon, then I would go in and practice at night. And I remember my body was just beat up before the season was even at the halfway point. You know, mm-hmm. so um, there's there's definitely a learning curve to that.
1: And and Isaiah, it's interesting, right? To that, to make the choice to go uh, into the draft, you get drafted by Dallas, um, having to be in several different situations and circumstances. Then the the foot injury, that could have derailed all of it, right? It could have mm-hmm. not only physically, but emotionally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, to get in it, how would you get through? Where would the patients come from for you to get through, get healthy, get healed, and then get back on the floor and get to work?
0: Um, you know, I would say just my support system of, you know, loved ones, family, friends. Um, you know, I have a I have a really good circle of people around me, I think. You know, I think that's really important, especially – I mean, I think we've all kind of gone through it with COVID, you know, it's, um, it's even lonelier than normal right now, you know, yeah. people are, um, you know, people have been in the house for, you know, two years or whatnot. And, um, yeah, I think just having a strong, strong, uh, circle of people around you that just support you and, um, you know, give you motivation is really key. And then obviously, you know, um, having faith to, um, you know, reading, read my Bible and, you know, um, just, just. Finding finding the strength and sometimes where you where you need a little extra push, you know.
1: Is it is it, is it fair to say that you've had your I belong moment?
0: No doubt, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt.
1: Right, like, and, been, uh... and I could hear the relief in your in your in your in your body. <laughs> Just, like, well,
0: I mean, the, I mean,
1: the thing about
0: that is like, yes, I've had like I've, I feel like I've had some some pretty good success in the NBA. You know, obviously the the average NBA career is is four years and that's where I'm at right now. So so
1: I'm
0: definitely, you know, I'm blessed to be in this position and I think that I've, I've done a pretty good job um, in this position already. Um, But, you know, it's always a blessing to be in a spot, you know, it's like you said, uh, you know, a foot injury could have, could have derailed everything. I couldn't, I couldn't have, I could have not gotten the opportunity I got in Oklahoma city, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely thankful for it every day. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to just growing each, each season, each month, you know, I'm, that, I, that's kind of what, what drives me is just, just being a better player each, you know, each time out.
1: Have you, have you thought back on your time at Nebraska? Is there a moment that sticks out as your favorite Nebraska basketball moment?
0: Um, I would have to say that's tough it's tough to just boil it down to one just cause it was, you know, I had, I had such a great time, you know, obviously, um, missed out on the tournament. That's something that, that'll haunt me for forever.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I would say probably the most fun I had at Nebraska was, uh, at the big 10 tournament in Chicago, my, my sophomore year, you know, it was, um, you know, I had, I grew up two hours away from Chicago, so I had a lot of families there, a lot of friends there. Yeah. And, you know, just the, the kind of run we made, it was just like, you know, we were out there just playing. It was, you know the stress when the season was gone you know what whatever happened in the regular season it, it, ha- it had happened you know we had our seeding and you know we felt like that season kind of slipped away from us you know due to injuries due to games that we lost by you know five or less points um so you know the fact that we were just able to go out there play just kind of forget all of that and you know we had guys step up like Johnny Trueblood stepped up out there you know he he kind of became a fan favorite I actually have um <laughs> the uh the G League coach for Oklahoma City he um it's Grant Gibbs, you know. He played yeah. at at Creighton, yeah. And so uh, we always kind of talk about that. He's like Johnny Truba's a legend, you know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he kind of he kind of made a name for himself in that tournament. <sighs> um, so you know that was that was definitely one of the most fun times I had.
1: Can you talk about Coach Miles and and what what that was for you?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Me and Coach Miles, just, we actually were just talking earlier this week or last week. Um, you know, Coach Miles. He, uh, I mean. I don't know what it was about Coach Miles that just it just drew me to to the school, you know, because um, when I was getting recruited, like when I was getting recruited, and he he kind of stepped into the picture, it was at a point where like you know my offers were like Northern Illinois, Northern Iowa, um, St. Louis University, like you know he was he was pretty early on me as, as in respect to um, Power Five schools, mm-hmm. um, and it was just the way he was at my game. I remember there was one game in Milwaukee where. I got a block, and he's in the stands like cheering, and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I've never seen this before. Like this coach is having a great time. Like, you know, he's uh he's live in the stands. Like, um, so that's kind of how Miles Miles has always been, and you know, I think he put together some really good teams. Um, in, in my years in Nebraska, so um, yeah, we, we we ever we talk every now and then still.
1: I, Isaiah, it's got to be. I have to ask this through the recruiting process. So Nebraska is kind of the big, big, big fish in the, in the small pond and they make a splash and you you kind of decide you want to do this. How much of the conversation happened between your mom and Coach Miles?
0: A lot. You know, he he him and uh Coach Molinari, that was my, you know, my head recruiter. They did a really good job of you know, not only reaching out to me but also reaching out to my mom and even my dad and my grandma. You know, they had a pretty good relationship with them. They came out to to Dixon and and visited with me in my home, you know, um so, you know, they did a pretty good job of that and I think that was that was big and you know, my mom, she uh she's she's pretty protective over me and um and my brothers. So, you know, the fact that he was able to make her feel comfortable, um, you know, that was huge in and, and, and you know, easing her mind as well.
1: I'm hearing a bit of ownership of the Thunder situation or circumstance like you're talking about it like no what Yeah, I need to be out front now I can't be in the back kind of waiting for things to develop you need to have your own impact on this thing and you're talking like a veteran who's going to help decide what the standards are going to be for that is that true or is is that conscious
0: yeah I think so I mean I think that this season I kind of felt that transition from you know a young guy who's who's in this league and he's, he's trying to find his way. And, you know, the coaching staff is going to let play through mistake after mistake. You know, I, I think this year they really made that transition into like, you know, we, we believe you can be a player in this league and you got to do it every night. You know, it's, that's, that's the challenge of being a professional athlete and, and being a, you know, a, a, a NBA player who stays in the league for a long time, and just being consistent in what your role is and, you know, contributing to winning. So, um, you know, th- I think this past year I did a good job of that. And, you know, I think that that's that's kind of the next step for me. Just, just being that consistent player, that veteran type player who just you know really efficient. And um, so yeah, I think that's where that's where I'm headed next year.
1: Let's talk about March because you had a March <laughs> that's got to be your favorite March because having <laughs> having the thirty eight and four and then a twenty six seven and five against uh, the guy that would be the MVP. Uh, the consistency. Let's talk about the double – the, the game against the Blazers. The facial – we talk about body language. The facial expression that you played with was entirely different. Like, you watch us and we wait a minute. He just grew up in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> talk about yeah, the night against those... the Blazers,
0: Blazers, man. That was an amazing night. That was. That was a great night. And, you know, I, actually, I grew up a Trailblazers fan because, you know, to have my career high so far – against them that, you know, that was a little extra special, but, um, you know, I don't know what it was about that. night. I think we just, you know, that was a, a point in the season where we had a lot of injuries. And so, you know, we kind of had, um, you know, we had lineups that just every night, the lineup was a little different, you know, yeah. and it was a game where I just came out and I was hot and, you know, they, they gave me two open threes to start the game. And, you know, once you give a guy confidence, you know, once the guy sees two threes, go, go through the net, you know, he, he's going to have a good night. So, um, you know, that was that was a great great night and uh you know, I'm looking forward to having even more of those. You know, that was a that was a big shot number. Um I mean the play wasn't even drawn up for me originally, but you know, um you know, I think that's 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 one of the great advantages of, of the the way our team is built, honestly. Like, you know, I played I played the four, the five, the three, mostly the five though. And it's like, you know, like you said, going up against guys who are seven foot, two hundred and eighty pounds, like, you know, they gotta guard me. Um, you know, so the fact that I'm able to, you know, play in the, in the pick and roll and also pop and shoot threes, you know, that's that's um, that's a huge benefit for us. We're talking to Isaiah Robia, the Oklahoma City Thunder former Husker. Uh, Isaiah, I, I was I was just going to ask you about that. What was it like, you know, with the injuries that the Oklahoma at uh, OKC sustained that you had to play the five uh, going up against you know seven footers like Rudy Gobert, and Nikola Jokic, night after night? How how did you have to change your game to to deal with that? Yeah, I mean, um it's it's difficult. You know, you have to
1: um
0: it's it's difficult because obviously they play daily against guys their size, you know. So, um defensively for me, obviously the the the, the toughest part is protecting the rim, getting them off the glass. Um but offensively, you know, I love it. <laughs> you know, it's very fun getting guarded by these by these bigger guys because not only is it um do I have an advantage, you know, with my speed and whatnot, but it also opens up the lane for the rest of my teammates. Um, you know, if, if I have go on me and I'm in the corner, you know, he can't stand in the paint. Bro, so I'm going to get a three. And if, he, yeah. and if so, if he's out with me, you know, the the lane's open because he's, he's the main anchor of their defense. So, um, you know, obviously there's, there's some things I have to improve on. You know, I, I'm, you know, I got to be better at, at the rim. And that just, you know, I think that comes with just watching film, knowing position better because, you know, after, after playing a couple years in this league, you know, I know I'm, athletic enough to play with these guys strong enough. I just, you know, it's it's just about positioning and, you know, and, and being in the right spot and, and playing with that physicality.
1: The, the One of the reasons why we reached out, um, the camp, your camp, the second annual Isaiah Robey camp here in Lincoln, August 6th and 7th, um, a couple mm-hmm. of texters have texted in and said that they, their sons have attended, uh, as a matter of fact, Sanderson says, my son attended Roby's Camps last year and will again. He's so generous with his time, and it's a fabulous camp. Give the folks a little bit for the folks that don't know about your camp. Uh, give them a little bit info on, on August 6th and 7th.
0: Yeah, so we have a, a camp over at Speedway Village in Lincoln. Um, it's for boys and girls incoming 4th grade through 10th grade. And, um, yeah, like you said, like we had people there last year. We had, I think, I think we had over 225 campers last year mm. and, you know, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Like, I, like ever since I went to an ex NFL players camp, you know, I, used to, I grew up playing football, so I went to uh, a NFL players camp and I, you know, I, I play quarterback, I, I won quarterback at the camp. And I just remember just, just always remembering like this camp was so fun for me because you get to meet new people you get to compete against guys and you know ultimately you know that's that's what kind of i don't know like you kind of if you if you really love the sports and you love you love you love competing you know it's always fun to just go out and just meet new people and be able to compete against them so that's that's always what drove me and then the fact that you know i'm able to to host my own camp is just you know it's surreal it's one of those, one of those things that doesn't even seem real almost you know um especially from coming from where, where i come from and um you know just i just never thought it would be a possibility so um you know i have my uh, my good friend thomas viglianco who i trained with in college he has a pretty good you know base of, of of kids and athletes that he trains in the lincoln area so you know he's able to help me put that together and um you know i think we just it's not too competitive you know we don't have you know we don't have scouts or anything there it's just people i want people to come out have a good time meet some new people um and play play basketball and have a good time you
1: know is are you going to have any of any, any other husker uh alumni there
0: i'm going to try to for sure i know um last year we had glenn watson he was in town and he was able to come for both days and help out you know i saw him over there he was helping the kids out with their um with their ball handling and um you know i asked him to come out again this year so i'm expecting him to be there um He's the only one right now that I that I know for sure is coming.
1: Well, I'm, I, I'm trying tell you to get what, more
0: guys to come out. For I sure.
1: tell you what we can do, Isaiah. We can prom. We can get you, uh, Eric Strickland. Um, hey, yeah, we can get you, Strick. Uh, Jay Foreman, who was you know a low key hoops fiend. Um, he he was at your event last year and and, and spoke yeah. highly of it. And then some of the current Huskers. Um, those are guys that are kind of hanging around the program. I think there's some guys we can get you. Uh, right, yeah.
0: Last well. year we had, you know, um, Bryson Treybo came out, Koei came out. Um, and think we had a few more guys come out also. Yeah. You know, so we, it's, I mean, that's that's another thing about Nebraska. You know, it's it's just great, great support, and it's um, I mean, I don't know, it's a special place. I think I I, I think I talk about Nebraska too much, and like my teammates, they get on me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, they found us. So I, I don't know who I don't know who told them, but somebody. One of my teammates found out that Nebraska's the only Power 5 school to not win NCAA tournament, so I haven't heard the end of that.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: But, you know, I, I keep on telling this coming. We got some more. Uh, I'm excited to see some more Huskers around the league. You know, uh, we got, obviously, myself and Delano and, you know, Bryce. He'll, he'll be there next year, so, um, you know, it, they can have that. They, they, they always want to talk about the NCAA tournaments, but, you know, we got some more Huskers coming to the league.
1: How about that? How about that? That's necessary. It is August 6th, August 7th. Uh, at the at Speedway Village. Um, again, it's available to incoming fourth graders through 10th, boys and girls. Um, let them know how they can register for this thing.
0: So um, you can either go through my social media. Um, I have an um, a image on my Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can go on there. You can you can go to the link on there. And also, that's, that's where all the information will be. Um, you can either find that on my Twitter page or on Thomas Biglianco's twitter page
1: isaiah thank you as i said there's zero chance we could get to everything i want to get through with you but you know what i'm going to bug you uh, all the way up into this camp and we'll, we'll do this again a couple of times to get folks registered and uh, to get interest up but there, there's so many stories that you have to tell um and they deserve to be told so
0: absolutely and i would love to be back on you know if you guys have you guys have some free time and um like you said before the camp even you know that'd be great but um, I really appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Isaiah, we'll do this again real quick. We appreciate you kind, sir.
0: Awesome. Thank you, guys.
1: That is Isaiah Roby. Again, his camp August 6th and 7th. Um, and his development, growth, and improvement in the NBA, especially over the last two months, um, his time in OKC. He, look, he, it's a step up. He went from being a prospect and a development to the real deal. I mean, the 30-burger he nice. put up against the Blazers and 26 against the Nuggets. Uh, and a win up there, um, and then his place within the organization. So great young man, great stories, and, again, the great camp. Um, you can find his information. Just track him on social media. And if you have a young uh, young man or a young lady that are interested and they're you know, between fourth grade and tenth grade, get them over there. Get them to it. It would be a great two-day event. So we'll throw the break. We'll come back with more one-on-one.